Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our business legal podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to the show. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. All right, welcome. So again, for the second time, I feel like I just repeat myself after Groundhog Day a couple of days ago. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about surge pricing today. Unfortunately, we're not focusing on Uber, but I think we'll, we'll have to talk about them, right? We, we get to talk about them, right? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the ones that put it in the spotlight, at least recently they have. We're talking about surge pricing, and I, I think everyone knows pretty much what that is. But for those that don't, it's we'll use the Uber example really quick, even though I know you don't want to, is they have a certain rate for when you want to take a car or want to take a ride somewhere. But if the demand is really high, they bump up their prices and then your ride is whatever, a multiplier of one and a half, two, et cetera. So you pay more during peak times. That's that's kind of the surge pricing model. Well, there's this company, Zappos, which I believe is, are they shoes? No, they do shoes, but I think they do other apparel too. They are testing out surge pay. So it's not surge pricing per se, but it's it's the same sort of concept. And it's dealing with their employees in their call centers. And so not sure the exact arrangement they have. And I think it's still relatively new too, but essentially they tried this open market pilot that they tested out and it gave every employee 10% flexible time so they could work. You're not working the same exact hours every single day, every single week. And the thing with this is it's said it's surge pay. So if you're working at a time when demand in the call center, this customer service center is really high, they actually pay you more. And if you're working at times where it's not, you get paid less. So it's an interesting concept. Let's say you're on the East Coast and it's early and a lot of people are calling in, especially because no one's calling in on the West Coast. You know, it might not be as high call times, but in the middle of the day when both the East Coast and West Coast people are calling in, this is, I'm just... The IRS is kind of a similar thing when I call into them. I actually, I'm realizing now that I structure my calls at a time when I think most East Coast, Eastern time zone and Central have all yeah. done for the day because that's peak times. But this is, so it's an interesting concept, but, but I, I wanted to talk about the whole surge concept in general. I think in this case, it's pretty, it's pretty neat in that the surge pricing aspect of things, people are somewhat uncomfortable with it. Not only customers are uncomfortable with it, but even cities and governments are uncomfortable with it too because there are anti-gouging laws that are put into effect in certain circumstances. And, and if you think about it, when Uber implements them and these other companies that may do the same thing, they do it when supply may be low and demand may be very high. But since this surge pricing for Uber and other companies, it's done on a algorithm or done automatically based upon how many people are requesting a ride and, and how many rides are available. Sometimes it can have some, I don't know if it's intended or unintended, but results in the sense that during a national tragedy or a storm, for example, surge pricing can go into effect. And just this last month, we've seen the same thing happen in France during the last terrorist attack, though the surge prices were then taken away manually, but they kicked in as soon as that happened. And then also with this last winter storm last week on the East Coast, that was also kicked in. But the difference is now with East Coast specifically, and I think in New York City specifically, in the state of New York at least, I don't know about the city, anti-gouging laws applies to taxis and ride-sharing services. 
and somehow Uber made a deal and they announced that they basically made a price cap to 2.8 times the rate of the normal pricing. So they still have a multiplier, but it may not be as much as what they would have uh, normally done. And I guess that 2.8 is seems kind of arbitrary to me, but it's, it's based upon some deal that they made directly with the uh, transportation department there. Yeah, at least that's something. At least it's a little bit comforting for the consumer knowing that it can't get outrageously high. And like you said, it dealt with the whole price gouging issue because essentially they're trying to prevent consumers from being taken advantage of. And I know in California, they can't do price gouging if it's following some sort of state of emergency or major disaster. So maybe not the same as New York, where I I think I had it pulled up here. Prohibits merchants from taking unfair advantage of consumers by selling goods or services for an unconscionably excessive price during an abnormal disruption of the market. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty broad. It could be a lot of different things, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Uber, just, just to give the other side, and I'm not on this side, but Uber's justification is that, okay, in the same way Zappos is saying, okay, well, if we give an increased price for the drivers to give them an incentive to go out there, there's gonna be more drivers that come out and then the price would go down. Just as New Year's Eve comes around or a snowstorm comes around, no one wants to be out there at that time to drive people, but this extra price gives them the incentive to do so. But that's the whole point, right? That's the whole point with these anti-gouging laws is that you know it's the same thing of bringing a bunch of bottled water and selling them for premium prices on the highway for people that are escaping some hurricane in Louisiana, which also occurred, right? And so those kind of things, there's something inherently wrong with that. But again, you know, I, I love bashing Uber, but compare the Uber culture and this concept to Zappos, right? The purpose of Zappos culture is that their employees actually get paid more. Who's the so-called victim that actually has to pay more is Zappos themselves because they have to pay their employees more versus Uber, which is putting the brunt of the surge pricing on the actual customers. There is a concept of fair market and a free market and so forth. But again, it just seems wrong to me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely wrong. It's they're claiming, you know, economic supply and demand model. And think of it this way, you you buy gas for your car, it fluctuates like crazy all the time. So if the supply is really low or the demand's really high, then gas might be really expensive. This isn't the same thing. And that's a bad example because these cars use gas. But <laughs> yeah, essentially what they're getting accused of, Uber, and I think rightfully so, is they're unfairly just jacking up the price when they know people need rides. And you know, I, I get their argument that it's going to get more people to get out there and drivers and make more money, et cetera. But they're just taking advantage. And that's why they entered into this deal with, was it the attorney general in New York? That they would cap their their multiplier. Here's the interesting thing is I, I was wondering if this was going to go expand out into other companies. So the one I was thinking of was there was a big storm on the East Coast this past week or last week by the time people are listening to this or maybe ongoing. And what about Netflix? Because it's streaming Internet to watch shows. What if they did some sort of surge? I don't know how. I'm- like maybe on the uh, popularity of the show or maybe they charged if I don't know. They're a monthly subscription. I think it's the same price. But what if they said, you know, our price is subject to change every month depending on how many people use it. So all the people that are watching Netflix 
this past week when they were stuck in their homes. What if the, and I don't think this would be legal. <laughs> it would be very hard to do, but I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I don't think the customers would buy it. Yeah. There's other ways you can do surge pricing with things. And it'll be interesting to see how, if other companies try to duplicate the Uber model. Yeah. It's hard to compare Zappos with Uber in the sense it's like literally no comparison. I mean, Zappos is known for their awesome, very innovative company culture. I mean, you can you can do your own research, but for example, when they hire, I know this when when they hire an employee, they have two sets of interviews. One one interview that's more classic in the sense, you know, the manager of some sort interviews them, but then they have another interviewer that their purpose of interviewing is just to evaluate the company culture fit for that particular employee. You know, I, I started thinking about on another note, I started thinking about whether there's any kind of labor law implications to paying someone more to come in at different times and so forth. And really, if any small businesses are considering considering doing something like that, because I'm sure it doesn't have to be all automated like Zappos, but for certain days or times of the week that are more needed, and if you do have a flexible schedule for your employees, you would be permitted to have different pay rates depending upon the different times and different jobs, so long as it meets the minimum requirements, as we already know. But I think there would just be difficulty in making sure that those policies are written properly, I suppose. Yeah, and it's it's got to be tricky to pull that off just because everyone's going to, well, not everyone, but I think people would gravitate towards the hours that they could get paid more money. And so if everyone wants to do that and other people don't want to work the other hours, and I think that's why they did this 10% flex time. You know, what if everyone wants to work this and then you say, well, not everyone can do it. So you're going to have to work this other time. And then someone's going to say, oh, you're discriminating against me based on this and you know, then you run into a whole whole problem. But I guess you you could do it based on well, say based on seniority. But you might run into trouble in terms of how long you've worked there. But you can do seniority as far as picking a schedule and things like that. Seniority is an experience, not age. Keep in mind <laughs> that that's a definitely a, a doable doable way to do it. Doable way to do it. We should start charging surge pricing to clients. We get really busy. I agree. Or, if there, or just, just based upon the weather, if there happens to be a storm out there, then no, sorry, I see some rain. Well, I, th- I think the thing is, there's a lot of things out there that are pretty similar to surge pricing, and we just don't realize it. And Uber, th- you just don't call it that, yeah. Well, I mean, Uber, and rightfully so, they should take a lot of the heat, but they t- take a lot of the heat, even though there's a lot of other businesses or other other ways to spend money where you are indirectly or yeah, indirectly paying surged prices. And no, you're right. Like you can look at law firms and, and see if a company is in litigation, they know that the reason litigation is so expensive is because they know that these companies can't handle it themselves. And so they get to charge a little bit more, but that's when I think people say, okay, that's the free market. When surge pricing is unfair is when people have the need and they don't really have any other options and they're not in the for-profit kind of, I, I shouldn't say that either. They're not in a capacity to pay the extra price, right? Where a, a company that gets sued for X, Y, and Z, they're in a business and litigation may be part of the business, but compare that to a person that needs to go from place A to point B. You know, They're not necessarily, not necessarily in the position to pay that extra price. Yeah, I think stranding people... And so they can't get rides. It's different than giving choices in litigation. So yeah, exactly. 
I think that's it. Well, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to leave a top five review on iTunes if you would. Thank you. A top five review? A top five. Yeah, top five. Five star. Top five review. All right. Yeah, top five review. All right. <laughs> keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.